High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, princes, princesses, children, grown-ups, and a special shout-out to someone cool. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where means and friends look back at our teenage years with the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the slumber party's at my place this evening. But first, school's still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I... Would like to see the results. First off, hope your Halloween season is going fun so far. Hope you got a costume picked out for your safe Halloween party, whatever you may be doing, whatever that may be. We've had a blast here in High School Slumber Party talking some scary films, horror films, spooky films, thriller films, films that really fit in the Halloween milieu. And today is no different, even though it's a weird one. Today, we're talking detention. By the way, I never mean weird as a bad thing. But we're talking detention from 2011 slash 2012. Look it up, because that was your homework. Watch it. I watched it on Pluto TV. That's not a plug, but it's free, so you could watch it there. But yeah, that was your homework. I hope you did it. Because homework is an important part of High School Slumber Party. As you know, as you know. And by the way, did you do your homework for, what was it, today is Friday, Monday. Yes, of course, we're bi-weekly these days. Our Monday episode was a really fun one as well. Oh my god, I had a blast with Twilight. I don't care what people say, people try to shit on this Twilight Forever series, but... I'm on board now. Kate Hudson has brought me in, and I suggest, no, 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 I demand as homework, you listen to that episode wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. We talked, oh wait, it's not Google Play anymore, it's Google Podcasts, sorry. (laughs) But we talked Twilight, Breaking Dawn, it was really, really fun. Kate Hudson has led us on this Twilight Forever series, and while you're at it, why don't you listen to them all in order at our archive at cageclub.me. That's cakeslip.me. We've done every single Twilight movie now, except for Breaking Dawn Part 2. Don't worry, it'll come before the end of the year. But oh my god, Bella, Edward, Jacob, all that drama. It gets fun. Trust me, give it a chance. It gets fun. Some other assignments I always have to remind you of, of course, is to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Also, write us a review, leave us a rating, and oh yeah, Tell a friend about High School Slumber Party. That's the best way you can spread all the love and magic that happens here bi-weekly these days. Really appreciate it. Really, really, really appreciate all you slumberers, that's for sure. Now, I'd love to get to the movie, but of course, school's still in session. And guess what? 
We have a special visiting professor today. He's one of my good friends, and his name is Brian Rodriguez, and he's going to give you a little bit of high school movie news. Good evening, or morning, or whenever you're listening. I'm Brian Rodriguez with High School Movie News. As we know, 2020 has been the worst year ever. Shout out to our healthcare heroes for making it a little bit better, but yes, 2020 has been awful. However, we've seen such a huge influx in high school films, in teen films, that can I complain too much? Well, yeah, but I mean, at least it makes it, like I said, a little bit better. So, first off, I want to do an update on our Spider-Man news from a couple weeks ago. So everyone was saying, oh my god, Tommy McGuire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in the next Tom Holland High School Spider-Man movie. They're going to introduce the Spider-Verse, the multiverse. Ah, these keep going back and forth, right? I keep seeing that it's debunked, and then some people confirming it, and that it's debunked, and some people are confirming it. All I can hope for is that it's true, because it'll be fun, but they're keeping it secret. But official people have said no, but some people have kind of said maybe. I don't know, but stay tuned for that. We'll be on it. And if that movie is indeed a high school movie, the third in the Tom Holland Spider-Man series, we'll cover it here on High School Slumber Party. Some other news. The Craft remake comes out this weekend. Check that out. Let me know. A lot of people are down on it from the trailer. A lot of people are like, why make another craft? I don't know. I'm going to give it a shot. I'll probably watch it. But if you watch it before me, please let me know on our social media. What is it? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I always want to say MySpace, not MySpace. But let us know what you think of that film. Apparently, too, there's another remake coming out this week of The Witches. I don't know. Let me know about that one as well. Too many remakes, guys. But I do love high school films. I'm torn. I'm torn. Jesus Christ. Another movie that someone let me know about was, yeah, Ryan Murphy. You know Ryan Murphy from Glee, American Horror Story, all that other stuff. Apparently he's got a high school movie coming out. Just watched the trailer. It's called The Prom. It's musical. It's interesting. I'll definitely have to check it out. That's my job here as Brian's news correspondent on High School Slumber Party, also named Brian Rodriguez. So I will definitely be checking that out as well. Let me know if you guys hear any other potential high school movie news. I'm always willing to share it, hear it. A lot of news, but, you know, I don't want to overload you today because all of it, it's about movies I haven't seen and you haven't seen. (laughs) Oh, man, we're probably going to have some more news on Monday, if not the following Friday, but there is a little bit of tidbits for our Monday movie, but I can't talk too much about that. You'll find out about that later. Anyway, hope that covers everything you were interested in. And if not, like I said, hit us up on that old social media. This has been a segment of High School Movie News, and my name, of course, is Brian Rodriguez.
always informative Brian Rodriguez with another great segment of High School Movie News. One late addition to High School Movie News, though, has to do with me. Not that Brian, this Brian. I was actually on the Ryan Stick Show yesterday, Thursday. Check that out. Google it. You'll find it. Or check out our social media pages. I'll post it there. But Ryan had me on again. Of course, Ryan Stick was our guest on the Trick or Treat episode, another amazing episode. And yeah, I was able to talk some 90s horror films and some early 2000s horror films and just some high school films in general. Met his friend Liz there too. She was great. So definitely, definitely check that out. That is some extra credit assignment, but I might make it mandatory. You know what? I'm making it mandatory. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa! The bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. Life moves really fast. Wait, I'll tell you about that later. But life is short, guys. Okay? Sit down. Relax. We'll get out of here soon. Enjoy your pumpkin spice latte. Enjoy your cider donuts. It's the fall. It's the greatest season ever. Ever, hopefully. Well, 2020, again, not a great year, but I always love the autumn. I hope you do, too. Well... You've been a good bunch today. It's Friday. I know you want to party. So without further ado, pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother's sleeping over Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. And I've been a bad teacher and a bad host. I haven't even mentioned who our guests are this week. Of course, the godfather, Joey Lewandowski, is here to talk to tension. And he's joined by... Whoa, a man who called him out last time. A man who is on one of my favorite episodes we've ever done on High School Slumber Party, Bratz the Movie. Yeah, I said that right. Listen to our Bratz episode. Watch Bratz. But that person is Austin Wolf Southern. And these guys are going to get together, hopefully bury the hatchet from their Bratz feud, and talk about this crazy, crazy film, Detention. And you know this film is crazy because the song I'm going to leave you with is an important song in this movie. Well, at least the band's important in the movie. And they are Hoobastank. And the song is the only song I know of Hoobastank, The Reason. Class dismissed. Today we continue our kind of Halloween series uh, with some horror films, gore films. I'm not sure really what genre this film falls into, but we'll definitely talk about it. I think I'm more excited about the guests we have today. Aww. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't want to say this is a sequel to our Bratz episode, but it feels like it. Um, <laughs> 
But why don't you introduce yourself as the godfather of the network first, Joey? Sure. Uh, Joey Lewandowski, 100 and Central Regional High School, class of 2006, go Red Devils. And Austin, can you follow his leader? Yeah, Austin Wolf Southern, class of 2000, Balboa Secondary School in San Diego. The mascot, I guess, is uh, Muskrat? I don't remember. It wasn't a big <laughs> thing. <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, you can find me as number one Bratsan on Letterboxd. That is your name now. Yep, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. When I search in my history, like I type in into Chrome, Bratz, uh, the Bratz page on Letterboxd comes up. But above that is letterboxd.com slash, slash Wolf Southern because it's mm-hmm. the, the, the title of the page, appropriately so, number one Bratz fan. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Joe, you've been on a ton as the godfathers of this network, but uh, Austin, you were previously on for the aforementioned Bratz episode, which was a very pleasant surprise to me and a hell of a fun episode. And uh, Joey, we had a little conversation about you (laughs) on that episode because your original viewing of Bratz was not so flattering. So before (laughs) we get into detention, I just wanted to bring up, I mean, you guys buried the hatchet on social media, but maybe not everyone follows our social media. Maybe not everyone does their homework but uh joey i mean have you seen brats since we've done our episode or seen brats again i should say yeah and just as a refresher like i got very upset and offended (laughs) at joey's original review for brats when he saw it you know a few years ago and was a little harsh in my response directly to him (laughs) <laughs> so. no but but you you austin the brats number one fan you should be defending the movie so i i agreed with your assessment originally but joey you saw it again oh, yeah and i'm not i'm not apologizing for any defense of the movie and <laughs> joey was a hundred percent wrong in everything he said but i i used language like about him his character that i regret <laughs> guys check out so, that Bratz episode it was a classic but it's, sorry Joe I keep cutting you off it's okay there's not much of a story but after I watched Detention last night I did throw on Bratz and I finished it this morning and um, yeah okay so here here's where I fall on it do not hate it I was I was wrong to hate it the big thread of my uh, my apology to Austin is that I watched it originally because it was covered by How Did This Get Made which ostensibly covers bad movies right and so I was watching it with the perspective that was a bad movie. And I feel like that is a flaw, that is an issue that I have... It's, it's, a, it's one of the di- difficult parts about watching a movie for How Did This Get Made, because you're going into movies thinking they're going to be bad, and so it pre-colors your opinion of the movie um, by thinking it's going to be bad. And so I went into it expecting not to like it, and so I was watching it with the wrong colored glasses, the wrong colored lenses. I still don't like it like Austin likes it, but I do I did appreciate the conversation you guys had. I think their representation of a deaf character is kind of remarkable. I think the overall message of, you know, clicks are bad is a nice message to have, an important one for young children to or, you know, young people or, you know, older brothers of young people to to listen and to take advantage of. And it's, it's, it's nice to look at. And so I think overall, uh, I think it's a good movie. I, good movie might be, it's not a bad movie. I, I gave it three stars. I think it's, it's a perfectly pleasant, it's a fine movie. I didn't love it, but I, I did not dislike watching it, if, if that's enough of an upswing from one of the worst movies I've ever seen. So I think I went from being like, very, this is not a glowing recommendation, but I went from being like, 
this movie is terrible too. Yeah, that was, that was good. I liked it. Plus, the the one issue I still do really have that I uh, cannot get over is that the John Voight's daughter, the principal's daughter in this movie, is so still blatantly a ripoff of Sharpay Evans, the Ashley Tisdale character from the High School Musical movies. That mm-hmm. I still hold true, and that's a criticism I still have. I think a valid criticism of the movie Bratz. But overall, yeah, I did not, I did not dislike it. So uh, I'm glad that I watched it again. So thank you, Austin, for using your harsh language to get me to reevaluate my stance on brats. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate all the positive things you just said about it. Even if you didn't love it, you know, you, you had a lot of good to say about it. And I think that's good. And I, I've seen the high school musical movies. I'm, I don't have an attachment to them. So that's why it doesn't affect me. But I think from your perspective, that's a totally fair critique. Well, thank you. Yeah, I I just, you know, I have a, a, a fondness sort of of them because we covered them all for Zach Attack um, when we did right. the Zach Efron podcast. And so we talked about them at length. And yeah, I just, it, it's it's amazing the similarities between those two characters to the point of the dog and just the song Fabulous. Like everything about it just feels so close that it can't be a coincidence, but I don't know. But uh, yeah, the, the important thing was that I, my review on Letterboxd was just, I'm sorry, Austin, and then today I saw that you liked it. So you saw it. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, that's, it, made, it made me happy that uh, we have officially buried the hatchet, I think, on Bratz, uh, yeah. the film Bratz. Yeah. What do you think the Bratz hatchet looks like? It has to be some pink on it, maybe some faux fur, right? Oh, it's like, bedazzled for sure. Oh, bedazzled for sure. Like, that's the Bratz hatchet, and I'm happy it's buried. <laughs> Isn't there a hatchet on the, like, iconography of the high school? Oh, yeah. The, the it's, like, yeah. it's not Molly Hatchet, but, yeah, the award that she gets is a hatchet. So that's just the, that, is, that is the hatchet. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's wow. called a bratchet. <laughs> well, t- today's film is Detention. And, Joey, as you alluded to or flat out said, I can't remember at this point, even though we've been less than 10 minutes in this episode, um, you first chose this movie and you had suggested Austin. So Joey, first, why was the tension on your list? So this is a movie that I had never seen before yesterday. It's a movie that I had meant to see for a while. It's one of those movies, and there's a lot of these like this, where my expectation and my hype and my hope for a movie is so great that I'm afraid to watch it. And that's true of a lot of movies that I've seen before as well, that I'm afraid to watch again, because I'm just, I'm worried or I'm unsure that I'm going to be able to recapture the magic. And so I had first seen Bodied, was the first movie I saw, his most recent film. Saw that at Fantastic Fest. And then I saw Torque. And then I saw this. I was I knew that this existed, and I knew it was a horror movie and high school movie, and I was going to love it probably, but I was worried to see it. So after helping you plan last year's horror festival, your October movies you covered, you asked me again to put some options together for you. And... This is, I think, the only one so far that you have covered, so not a great success rate for me this year. No, but, but I'm glad... honestly, just a side note on that, like, I loved all the movies you suggested. Um, it's just, I've been super busy, and I was just, I guess, scheduling more based on guests, but we're going to cover all them that apply, because there were some on that list, Joey, that I really, really do want to watch. So, FYI, it wasn't personal. It was Good. just, I it, hope, it was business. I hope not. So I gave you probably about a dozen movies, maybe some that I'd seen, some that I had not seen, some that I was excited to see, like some that I'd wanted to see. And you were like, okay, I want to have you on for at least one. Basically rank them, right? You're like, which ones do you really want to see the most? And so I was like, this is the one, uh, the only really one on the list that if you see, if you watch this movie 
without me, I will be upset because I had been so excited looking forward to it. And this is the one that I want to see the most. And so I watched it last night and I loved it. So uh, we will talk about that in great detail shortly. But uh, I've talked enough. So I'd love to hear Austin's because I saw Austin on Letterboxd, the aforementioned Letterboxd, had loved this movie before. So I wanted to get him on here to talk about Bratchet and, uh, you know, Nurse Bratchet and go for it. in the Bratchet. (laughs) Yeah. So Austin, uh, what's your history with detention? Uh, So I need to talk about the director, I think. Yep. And first, I, I want to say that I'm really glad to hear that, Joey, that you have seen Torque. Because when I did Too Fast, Too Furious, I think I brought it up and you hadn't seen it yet. And it's an it's essential possible. movie if you're if you're doing a podcast about <laughs> Fast and Furious. It's so good. And we will talk about that, too, because, uh, yeah, I love everything I've seen Joseph Kahn has ever made. So, yes. Yeah. So Joseph Kahn uh, is primarily a music video director mm-hmm. and has made some of the best music videos of all time, particularly uh, Toxic by Britney Spears. Yep. Ooh, great is, video, great video. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's the one to like really bring up that just like shows everything he's capable of in his style and all of that. He's done a lot of Taylor Swift videos. Um, he did the video for Backstreet Boys, Everybody, which if you, if you haven't seen it recently, it is a great Halloween video. One it's of the like the greatest a, Halloween videos of all time. Like I did not remember that, but it's a like uh, haunted house costume party, <laughs> and it's a really good, a really good watch for the the holiday season. So he did that, and yeah, just a ton of great videos. So, and then I saw, I think Torque and Toxic maybe came out around the same time. I don't know which yep. I saw first or like knew, you know, who he was from Torque, but. You know, just that he made those two things were really incredible. And so the tension, like, I'm, I'm not sure. But I think it had, like, a very limited release where it played in theaters for, like, a week. Like, a, does that yeah, sound Yeah, that's what I read. Right? Yeah, it was at South by Southwest in 2011, and it had a very small run in 2012, and that's pretty much it. I'd never heard of this film. Yeah, so I missed it when it was out, but it played at, at a midnight screening at a theater that I went to a lot in Los Angeles. And so that's where I first saw it. And some, I think some of the cast were there too for a Q&A. So I first saw it like shortly after it first came out. And then I watched it again a year later uh, just because I loved it. And then watched it the third time moments ago. And similarly, you know, this is a movie. This is something that I go through a lot with movies I've seen before of like not thinking they're going to hold up to how I remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was definitely, you know, I was a little nervous to watch it, but it does hold up. Awesome. That's great to hear. Let me read before I get, get you know, too ahead of myself. Uh, let me read the back of the DVD, which I did find online. For those of you curious what Detention is about. But I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't read it, but I doubt they can really sum up what happens in this movie on the back of this DVD, but here goes. No, because even when you're watching the movie, you don't know exactly, <laughs> exactly. What's, like, where it's going to go next, right? So I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm so, very interested to hear how this is described. As am I, so he, let's do it. Uh, Josh Hutcherson, Dane Cook, and Spencer Locke star in Detention, a hipster teen horror comedy where the local students of Grizzly Lake must survive their final year of high school. Standing in their way is Cinderella, a slasher movie killer who has seemingly come to life and is preying on the school student body. As the clock ticks and the bodies pile up, the likely suspects are embroiled in a race against time to stop Cinderella and ultimately save the world, if only they can get out of detention. 
Okay. I guess. <laughs> I feel like, like Cinderella takes wild prominence in the description when, like, yeah, she's through the movie, but it's not real. Like, it. I feel like the, the Cinderella element of the description is much more prominent than it. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't know. I don't know what I would have written, but it's, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I will say on this watch, it was more of a horror film than I remembered it because I remembered it was a huge mishmash of genres. And there's a lot of going, lot going on, and a lot of styles, and you know, just uh, thing like subjects going on. But it it really has a consistent horror tone. That was, I don't know, a nice surprise, I guess, on this watch. I didn't remember. So it's not necessarily all Cinderella, but there's still the Cinderella was more important than I had remembered, at least, or the slasher element of it. Yeah, yeah, no, I would definitely uh, agree with that. It is a movie, though, where I could see a certain segment not liking it, and then I could see a certain segment liking it. You know, off the bat, I'll say I enjoyed it, but a lot of the reasons I enjoyed it were I watch these films all the time, high school movies, and there's so many Easter eggs to the most random high school movies that I don't think even most people I've heard of there's little Easter eggs Mm -hmm. in here for. So I was, like, excited about that. I'm eager to watch it again to see that kind of stuff. But um, just I want to bring up Joseph Kahn quickly again. Uh, you know, Austin, you kind of perfectly mm-hmm. summed up his career. How he is a just if there was a Hall of Fame for music video directors, he's first ballot. Like this guy mm-hmm. is just amazing. And Joey, you sent me a playlist of his uh, earlier, and I was like, wow. And just again, if anyone's watched Britney Spears videos or Taylor Swift, I think like, he Taylor is kind Swift. of Taylor Swift's main director. Yeah. Yeah. I think for, a yeah, di- yeah for, for, like I'm not so much the Taylor Swift generation. I'm certainly more the Britney Spears generation. Well, you should be. Okay. <laughs> I'm not yeah. against Taylor Swift. I was team Taylor Swift when everyone was team Kanye. Okay. I just want that record <laughs> to be clear, but that feel is so iconic for music videos and you definitely see it in this movie. But I just, I just wanted to mention that he's, the writer, the director, and he pretty much financed this entire film himself. So this is his baby. Um, and, and I could totally see why, too. Uh, as we're saying now, this is a hard film to pitch to a studio. <laughs> I know Body has also had a lot of distribution issues. I still haven't seen it because oh, it just God, like... It's so good. It played festivals and then just like want it come out for years. And it is available now. I haven't gotten to it, but... Yeah. Wait, so so Brian, have you seen either of his other features? No. Uh, I think I actually saw Torque like when it came out. Not in the theaters, but like Blockbuster run. So I might have seen Torque, but it wasn't enough. You know, I was too young. Okay, because Torque is effectively a Fast and Furious parody. Like that's, I mean, well, yeah. it's it's more it, than it, that, but that's essentially what it is. Like at its, at its core DNA, at its essence, that it's a Fast and Furious parody. It, it's um, in the parody lap that's going to happen when I... Uh, we're not doing a parody lap. I can tell oh, you that much. We're, oh. we're doing a modern car movie lap. We are not doing a uh, parody hmm. lap. We'll see. We'll see what the Patreon says. <laughs> but Bodied is a movie about rap battles. And it's a movie about, at its core, kind of why white people can't or shouldn't say the N-word. Because um, there's a white, like a very nerdy, like intentionally cast to be a nerdy-looking white kid writing a thesis for his school about why, about the sort of the dynamics of rap battles. But that entire movie, like a lot of this movie, but more so in that, is shot as though it is 
a music video. And so it's very evident, this guy coming from 182, I think, music videos, including, mm-hmm. like, 155 or whatever in this playlist, like, and, like, you know, like, also I'm saying, like, some of the biggest music videos of all time, like Toxic and, like, the Backstreet Boys video and Taylor Swift and, like, the Wu-Tang Clan's Triumph video, like, all these amazing music videos that, like, he's bringing this kind of frenetic, kinetic style to a feature-length movie that I can totally see why some people might hate because there's a lot going on and it is a lot, you know what I mean? But at the same time, man, like it is, it's everything I like in a movie. <laughs> yeah, I I really want to see it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll check it out if I can. I need to check out Torque again, but I'll once again, like I said, I'll, I'll watch Torque again when you guys cover it on your, your parody lap on Too Fast, but I digress. <laughs> um <laughs> Quickly, just some of the things I wrote down that I don't want to forget, uh, like just little Easter eggs from high school movies. Some are obvious, like Detention, Breakfast Club, things like that. I mean, and Scream, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a lot of obvious illusions, but a movie I covered here, Three O'Clock High, is alluded to a lot as well, because like, I forgot the bully kid's name. He keeps saying three o'clock the same way that bully says three o'clock <laughs> in that movie. And it's like, uh-huh. this is like such an obscure film. This guy like definitely did his homework. Yeah, the way he's saying it too, like everything about like those elements are just like three o'clock high. Little dudes like you get worked. Let's see your teeth. For dental records. Yeah, the next time you go to the dentist and look at an x-ray, it will be a picture of your head flying off. Shit. Get them on. Somebody's trying to kill me! Join the club. Get out of my face, dude. Leave him alone, Nolan. We get it. Your dick is bigger, all right? Wait, how do you know? Clafton, you're my Ralph Macchio. Do the crane thing. I like you, Ioni, but you're really weird. If your face hurts my fist, I will punch you again harder. Uh, The fact that you're naming one of the characters Ioni, which is like Ioni Sky. Uh, the actress from Say Anything, which we just covered, like th- there's that's intentional to me. Her mom is Sloane, which is a uh, Ferris Bueller's girlfriend in Ferris Bueller, like, and there's a like there's a laundry list of them. And I was like, wow. I know you guys probably like this movie for different reasons, but there's just so much of like I I feel like one of the only people in the world who got a lot of these inside jokes because I'm probably one of the only people in the world who's who's seen that broad spectrum of teen film, if that makes sense. You know, I don't know that Austin and I like this for different reasons. I think probably a lot of the reasons that we like this movie are very similar. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I got a lot of the references. I didn't know the Three O'Clock Island, but yeah, I'm sure there's... I don't know. I enjoy what I did get and knowing that there was more in it, you know? Well, so let's talk a little bit about this cast. Not a very, maybe, mainstream cast, except for uh, Josh Hutcherson, Clapton Davis. Um, what a name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know... Hunger Games fame and everything else. But this is pre-Hunger Games, right? Yes. By a couple of years? Yes. Yeah. Not by a couple of years. Not by long. Cause Let's see. Josh, I noticed Josh Hutcherson is an executive producer on this. And oh. I think that's something that he did after Hunger Games came out to help this movie get a release. The first one is 2012. 13? 2012 right so maybe he had filmed it and gotten paid and was so passionate about this that he contributed money and like you know what i mean like maybe mm, that's that how sense. it happened that he yeah, was that so makes sense. yeah i think so yeah because detention didn't actually get released until april 2012 so i don't know when okay hunger games came out but he was at least like in previews you know like it was at least coming out 
when you sign a Hunger Games deal, you sign what, like a four movie deal, five movie deal, whatever it is. So he probably got paid, as he said, and was like, wow, I, I screened this film with South by Southwest. I really believe in it. Let's push this harder. So, I mean, good for yeah. him if he's going to put his money where his mouth is like that, especially it's so young. Yeah, because there's there's no reason he would be executive producer pre Hunger Games, you know. Yeah, that's um, so I think it was just to help out the movie a little. Shane Lee Caswell plays Riley. She's pretty much the lead here, I'd say. Um, yep. Had you guys seen her in other stuff? No, she looks no. familiar, but I feel like a lot of these actors might be cast to what you were saying before that they're all kind of like referencing other high school movies, you know? So I feel she just kind of looks like the, the type of actress that I've seen in other things, but I don't know if I know her from anything. Yeah. No, I wasn't really too familiar with her, but I swore I was, you know? So, hey, it was effective. Um, mm-hmm. How about how about Spencer Locke, who played the aforementioned Ione? Were you guys familiar with her? Because she had the same kind of quality. Yeah, she also looked familiar, but not in anything I could place her in. Well, I think, and I didn't dig too far, but I think the only person I did recognize is Peta, Josh Hutcherson. Like, I think, I don't know that I know any, and there might, mm. What about Dane Cook? Uh, there's, yeah, well, there's Dane one Cook, more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joey, are you a big Dane Cook guy? I was for like the nine months that everybody was. Oh, wait, no, I did recognize someone else. There was someone that I cannot believe that I recognized. And I don't know why he was in this movie, but did either of you recognize, and again, talking about, you know, very specific times in my life, I watched so much World Series of Poker for like two years that (laughs) I don't know if either of you know this person, if you recognize this person, but the male, credited as male news reporter on the TV is poker player Daniel Negreanu. And why I still remember what he looks like and sounds like 15 years after I've watched any World Series poker, like... I watched, like, he was one of my favorite players, but, like, it blew my mind that, A, he was in this, but, B, that I recognized him? Like, I don't know why he's in this movie. And I even looked, I'm like, there's no way that is him. And it was him. And I don't know why. Yeah, I I have no idea anything about World Series of Poker, but that's interesting. Wow. Why? (laughs) I don't know. Male news reporter. I guess Joseph Kahn was a fan. Maybe he watched World Series of Poker. Maybe he's played poker with him. I will also say that the guy who plays, he's just credited as Nerd, Jesse Hyman, H-E-I-M-A-N, was just in the movie that I just saw, another film festival movie that streamed on, screamed online, streamed online, screamed online, horror, spooky, that streamed online. It was the world premiere of Kelly Oxford's movie Pink Skies Ahead, and he plays the same kind of, he just like, he looks like the nerd, and he's just cast as nerd in things. <laughs> So I saw him and I was like, there's no way that he looks the same nine years later. Spoiler alert, he does. Wow. (laughs) I mean, is there anyone else you want to point out in the cast that really stood out to you? I mean, even if we don't know what they're from. Uh, I mean, I'm seeing that Spencer Locke was in two Resident Evil movies. So I would know her from that. Gotcha. Other than that, I mean, I think really like Shanley Caswell stands out. I think it's really good at carrying the movie in, in a lead role, and it's surprising we haven't seen more of her. Oh, there was one other actor that I recognized, and actor is a very strong word, but uh, Ron Jeremy in this movie as well. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ron, Ron Jeremy. Uh, yeah, I guess I recognized him. Um, yeah, we're scrolling through this cast, really not too many other people... When you click on, like, the, a lot of the teens, a lot of them were in, like, CW stuff or uh, freeform things, you know, and nothing that I really just tend to watch. So 
I mean, I, I thought, though, the cast was really good. And specifically, again, Riley, as you said, Austin, was amazing. I wish I could see her in more things. But, I mean, she, she's only 28. I, I don't want to talk about her like she's a has-been or something. So um, <laughs> hopefully we will see her in things going forward. Yeah. So let's talk about the film because right off the bat, I have so many feels for this opening sequence. I love this opening sequence, and, and and it reminded me of the opening sequence of Bratz. I'm like, oh my god, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm Taylor Fisher, and I'm a bitch. Beauty, intelligence, talent, charisma, hoobastank. What? They're good. Indie rock trends do move fast. Today my alarm is set to the drums. But by the time you actually watch this, they'll be headlining a toilet in Toledo. With mops. Hey, bitch. That's not cool. Eat cock! Uh, hello, Taylor. Don. Don Waters. Again. We made out behind the pizza pit. You tasted the deep dish. Not deep enough. Get out of the bathroom. You're ruining my life, you <laughs> Fucking ecstasy, baby! I'm peeing. Uh, Data Heights. Loser, your parabolic graph was bent, and I only got a B. French toast? Mom, I'm on a no-bread diet. Since when? Since now! I hate you, I hope you die! I mean, the very first line of the movie, right? I'm Taylor Fisher, and I'm a bitch. But bitch does not stand for bitch. Bitch stands for <laughs> beauty, intelligence, something, charisma, and hoobastank. Hoobastank, yes. <laughs> yeah, talent. What's the talent, yes. <laughs> I love how music is so important in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from a music video director, that makes so much sense. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of uh, criticisms of the music scene, if you will. I think over at that point when she's doing her hoobastank thing, she talks about how, like, indie rock how it's popular, you know, what one song's popular, then another song's popular. And by the time the movie's released, the song that's in there now won't be popular anymore. I feel like it's very inside baseball for, uh, again, the music scene, but I love seeing stuff like that. This opening, this opening scene is awesome because we like, we're getting into this girl's world and then she's just killed, which is something, yes, we do see in horror films, but I still bought in hook, line and sinker. I'm like, Oh, who's this character? This is going to be uh, fun to see what it's about. And boom, she dies. So what do you guys think of this overall opening sequence before we get to the title sequence? Of course, it's very scream, right? Yes, it is. But it's so, it's so not like a horror, mo- you know, it doesn't look like a horror movie. So that is yeah. something that happens in horror films. But, it's still unexpected when it happens because nothing up to her getting killed like implies that this is a horror movie because it just opens like a you know brats ask like <laughs> high school movie about like a popular bitchy girl or whatever and it you know it comes as a real surprise when Cinderella then pops in. Yeah, because what I love about it, aside from just the way that it looks and the energy that it brings, and the reason that I think it is so scream-like is that you're following this girl that you think is going to be the lead of the movie, and she's murdered within three minutes. And she's not a likable character. I mean, she's likable because she's charming and she's cute and she's got this energy, but, like, she's mean to her family. Like, so (laughs) relentlessly mean. Mean to every boy that she's texting. Like, she's just, she's unlikable in every way. And yet you still kind of be like, oh, I, I can't believe she died already. Like, I guess if you know it's a horror movie mm-hmm. going in, you think she's probably going to die unless she's the, the final girl or whatever. But like, she doesn't have the final girl vibes. But then her to die so quickly, it's like, oh, 
essentially, I think probably what people thought about with Scream, like right, like they go see this new Drew Barrymore movie, and she dies. It's like, oh, everything is on the table, right? Like anything can happen because the one thing that we thought was true, like the first character we meet, is going to be dead in the first couple minutes. So, like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but again, and I loved it, and that yeah. it kind of set the tone for a movie that's going to go in a lot of different directions. I mean, eventually we'll get a bear going on to a UFO. So, like, this is a mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a movie <laughs> that goes in a lot of weird places. And you know, I'm happy they set the tone. I don't think it would have worked with the slow burn style as much. I don't know if Joseph Kahn is capable of this. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, very fair. I could see that. And then we roll in, speaking of Joseph Kahn, to this, like, really one of the uh, best title sequences I have ever seen in a film. I really dug yeah. uh, just the way that the credits are rolling on and who's coming first and, and in terms of, like, where the credits are, just from, like, that Coke can to, I don't know, all the other great stuff, like the hitting of the locker, creating more credits. Uh, what do you guys think of this opening? Well, not opening scene. This, uh, I guess credit scene it's great yeah really creative really amazing yeah you can like, tell I think, that not, I think not enough movies utilize a credit scene in a way that is additive to the movie like one of my favorite mm-hmm. things that any movie can do and very few do is delay the title card to a certain point like raising arizona drops at like 11 minutes into a 90 minute movie <laughs> and it's such a perfect like almost short film in the time leading up to that, and then you hit the title card, you're like, oh, now the movie's beginning. So, like, I don't know what that was. Or one of my mm-hmm. absolute favorite, like, underseen gems of a movie is this movie called Sparrow's Dance with Marin Ireland and Paul Sparks. And the title card comes in, like, 25 minutes into an 85-minute movie. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I was already <laughs> loving the movie, and I'm like, oh, this might be my favorite movie of all time just because of, like, the confidence with which you utilize a title card in your title sequence because the thing that people take for granted, right? And here, even if it's not doing it in a different, like an unusual time, the way that it does it, it's like things are going to be a little bit different. We're going to have a little bit of fun with things. You know, we're not taking ourselves too seriously. We're going to be inventive. We're going to do things in a different way. And I think it's just, it's great. The Dawn of the Dead remake does that. It's like 12 minutes, I think, before the the title card comes up. And also the movie Love Exposure you guys are familiar with that it's a four-hour movie but the title the title love exposure comes at almost exactly the one hour mark oh my god (laughs) it was was amazing so proportionally on brand like it's just you know yeah and i know this is uh like similar but detention has the title card before anything which was also like kind of shocking yeah you know i mean the opening credits are doing their own thing, but they don't lead to the title card. Like yeah, no, I press weird. play and the title's on screen and it's sort of disorienting, but really cool. And also like, there's like a subsequent almost title card when it's like uh, the, the film detention or the movie detention does not endorse drunk driving, even if you're suicidal. Like it's kind of <laughs> reinforcing like, Hey, this is in case you missed that opening title card. Cause like it was early. Uh, here's another kind of title card. Like it's just a weird way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I actually, oh, my brother has been trying to get me into Pluto TV and success because they have a lot of old sitcoms on there that I love. But uh, I saw this was on Pluto TV for free, so I'm like, oh, okay, let me watch this on there. I didn't realize it had commercials, which kind of stunk, but they were also a little bit funny. But I thought that it was just like some crappy Pluto TV thing that they just like needed to show the title of the movie 
at the beginning just to oh, tell yeah. you what it is because that's how jarring it is. You click it and just like the tension. But then I'm like, oh wait, no, like <laughs> that's just part of this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just side note with this these commercials on Pluto TV, you know how like these apps will run the same commercials. They kept running one for Outback Steakhouse, and it was always like coming after she would talk about like not eating meat or she would throw up from eating meat (laughs) and it was like almost perfect that it didn't matter in the movie like i there was one time it was so perfect she just like ate the burger and just started throwing up and then it cut like oh kunk bring your family to outback steakhouse tonight it shows like this big cut of steak so shout out to pluto tv for almost enhancing my movie watching pleasure (laughs) with your commercials but anyway yes I, i digress that's great i mean so we cannot go like bit by bit, scene by scene in this film because it would take much longer than like the hour and a half duration <laughs> just because there's so much happening here. So whatever you guys mm-hmm. want to talk about, I'm game. Let's do it. Uh, whoever wants to go first and talk about stuff, whatever, let's do it. I didn't take a ton of notes because I wanted to enjoy it. And I felt like, to your point, you could either take no notes or five pages. Like I, I just didn't. I didn't want to write down everything because I think – it was going to remain fresh in my mind. Like somebody commented on my letterbox review thinking about that line. Like, I want to make sure I get the right quote. But he's like, I saw this movie once eight years ago. And I still think of this line once a week where it's just the always ready for football. Like the coach just like losing his <laughs> shit. In the park. Like, there's a handful of moments or more in this movie that made me blurt laugh. Just like in a way that I wasn't expecting. Like it's not the funniest movie I've ever seen, but it's funny in a way that I wasn't ready for. And I just love that about it. Yeah, I didn't take any notes partly because I knew I was recording this like immediately after but also like I knew I wouldn't be able to look down to like look away from the movie like you can't you can't take notes because you're gonna miss something I mean I took notes but like they were not you know they're they're very incoherent (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) and uh the roadhouse elements in this oh god I loved it I loved it (laughs) (laughs) that's a note I I took just and then eventually it goes from like Steven Seagal versus Patrick Swayze kind of stuff, which is yeah, insane. Swayze fights Seagal in this movie. They're not in it, but he fight, like, they fight each other. By proxy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Canadian kid I thought was really interesting. Oh, he's, he's really funny, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his debating is really funny. I laughed at like almost every joke about her being a gimp. <laughs> like just anything about her broken foot with people making fun of her just I, there's something about it that's just so mean and funny it, it is and obviously this is very dark comedy a lot of a uh, suicide humor and stuff that it's like <laughs> you have to watch to get into it but obviously if you described it to some people or even eating disorder humor like again if you described it to some people they'd be like this is a sick movie but like it's the for me i keep going back to this but what kept me so like, you know, what kept me so involved and intrigued was this frenetic pace, this visual style that I was buying into. There were no lulls in the film to me. I didn't, maybe I didn't absorb everything, but it, it just didn't matter because we kept moving. We kept moving. We kept moving. Even as we'd like cross genre and, and keep moving, we eventually get so sci fi, it's insane. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, like, and that's what was drawing me in. Uh, let's see notes. Mullet's beats ponytail. Oh, that's from Roadhouse as well. <laughs> just, just great stuff. Yeah, it really is seamless in how it combines genres. And you know, like I was saying, how it stays a horror film. It's like they, you know, there's time travel in this movie, and they 
they go back in time to continue chasing the killer or to like stopping the killer. Like it's it's woven into the plot in a really perfect way. And it, yeah, obviously there's no lulls, but it also like, as much as it seems to change genres or like, you know, takes on things, like you don't think of like the body swap aspect too. Oh yeah, Freaky Friday. Yeah, so like this like, horror version of freaky friday kind of like it's just doing so much and it never doesn't feel like itself you know like it it always it always feels the same you know for what it's doing i yeah. also also referencing a million other things but not feeling like any other movie you've seen yeah i think why the movie works as well as it does if you like this movie, because I can see all of these things that I'm about to say being like somebody saying, oh, that's exactly what I hate about the movie. And I understand that. But mm-hmm. I think, Brian, what you were saying about the kind of intense jokes about eating disorders and suicide and whatever, I think, Austin, you're talking about all the references. Like, I think why this movie works so well is because it takes nothing and everything seriously. Like, he makes multiple jokes at his own expense. Like, he talks about how this makes as, about a, this makes about as much sense as that stupid movie Torque, and then later <laughs> mm-hmm. in the movie, um, now you're watching bimbos get torture porn to fuel some video director's coke habit. So he's taking down video music video directors and Torque, and everything is fair game. And I think by establishing that everything can be made fun of, both in terms of serious topics, in terms of, you know, the director stuff and everything, like, you know, I, I think... It, it's it's aware of itself and aware of its place and aware of what it's doing, and I just think it's it's just wonderful. Yeah, it do, it doesn't. Um, while it's switching between these genres, um, Joey, I think like for me, what you're kind of saying too is that like, it, well, like again, on paper, it's like insane, but it never changes its tone despite the genre change. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I think that's where it finds success. Joey, you and I recently, well. Yeah, recently. I've done so many movies since then, but it was just last month. Talked uh, The Babysitter 2 and what worked and what didn't work in that. And um, I think a lot of people don't like films that are just throwing in all these references. And you know what I mean? But like that one had a tone issue. And this one, I don't think did. And that's what the difference is. I don't know. Joey, and I know you could probably picture this because we kind of discussed someone who off air who didn't like this film, but you know the exact person who probably likes this film and the exact person who probably really hates this film. Like, I can think of people in my life who would really, really hate this film for the exact reasons why we're saying we're liking it. So, And that's okay. That's okay. Not everyone, you know, has to like the same flavor of ice cream. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of movies, like, the movies that I'm really going to love, I know are the kind of movies that I will not recommend to everybody. Like, there's a lot of movies that I love Mm -hmm. that I don't think you would enjoy at all. Like, I think this is more up your alley because of the genre it falls within, of the high school movies and everything like that. But I think that there's a lot of movies like this that I love that I'm sure Austin loves too, that are just extreme in one way or another that aren't for mass consumption because like, that's just not, you know, not every movie, like you're saying, not everybody has to like the same flavor ice cream. Not everybody has to like the same. And I'm not saying that like my tastes are better. Like I just have seen more stuff in my brain is broken in a way that like, I want to be surprised by what I'm watching. And I think that for a lot of people, they don't want to watch weird shit. They just want to watch something that they're comfortable. Like there's a reason why people rewatch the same movies over and over again, because they're there's comfort in knowing what's about to happen next. But for me, like I want to see things that I've never seen before, 
hybrids of genre that I've never seen before, conventions that I've never seen before, meta jokes and everything. Like, everything about what this movie is doing feels both familiar and new and fresh and just it's just it's great i just i love it i just want to say that you just said a lot of the exact same things that i said about brats but also i i really loved how you put that about like recommendations to people and i like i've never thought about it that way but i think my favorite genre of movie is movies i can't recommend to everyone yeah <laughs> like, like that's so that's such a good way to put it that's really interesting like and, i've bookmarked so yeah. many letterbox lists that are just like with the exact titles like that like this movie sucks. It makes no sense. Yeah, well, you suck. It's just like those kind of movies. Like <laughs> one of my favorite movies is Spring Breakers, and I know that that is not made for everybody. One of my other mm-hmm. movies, my favorite movies, is Paddington Two, and I know that is made for everybody, right? And so, like, it's all about you know, Brian, at your wedding, people at the table were like, "Oh, you you guys like movies? Like, give us a movie to watch." And I was like, Paddington Two. They're like, "What? Get out of here!" I'm like, "No, like, I'm I'm serious. Like, Paddington Two is a perfect movie, and like, if you don't, uh-huh. like, it, it's you know, that's just that's a rec- that's a movie I would recommend to everyone and anyone." Uh, Spring Breakers I would not because Spring Breakers is um, a very specific thing that Harmony Corinne was going for and I think he nailed completely but I know that not everybody's mm. going to like Spring Breakers so you know it's okay knowing the table you were at at my wedding they probably would have liked Spring Breakers but I get what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah no we were talking about I don't remember what we, yeah it was it was your cousin Pumpkin and everybody like we were we were talking about movies like that they might have liked Spring Breakers but you know I don't I'm, I'm not, I don't know who these people are like when I'm just going no to for thing, sure right? for sure yeah. just in hindsight now I know you know <laughs> it's one of these weird things that I love about doing this show because on one hand yeah I'm pretty much watching the same movie over and over and over again but on the other hand it's so different like think about a uh, dead poet society and this film you know mm-hmm. <laughs> very very different mm-hmm. stuff but that's okay and I love it like um you know when when you pick up topic of a podcast you're sometimes afraid you're going to get mired and and doing the same thing and get really really bored and honestly the one thing i haven't gotten is bored with these films because they're just they come in so many different flavors and so many different colors if anything i'm even more and more excited to see more films now because for films like this like my background now has made this watch so much more enjoyable that uh i don't know i don't know what it is but seeing a movie like this that's so different but still is pulling these same elements gets me so excited. Like, I don't know if my final score will be as high as you guys final, your guys final score, but I still, you know, took a lot of pleasure out of seeing this, but you know, theoretically, if this is the first film I covered for high school slumber party, for whatever reason, I don't know if I would feel the same way, if that makes sense. No. And I think it's the same thing. If it's the first horror movie that you've seen or the first science fiction or time travel movie or whatever, it's the same thing, right? Like, I don't know that it, I don't know that, you would like it the way that you, because I think having the context is important. Last lap on Too Fast, Too Forever, Joe and I watched something like 25 classic car movies. And a lot of those are like this, like it's the same thing. It's like, oh, like the protagonists all die in a fiery explosion at the end of the movie that you don't see coming or whatever, right? But like other ones, like, you know, particularly Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof, where he's doing the same kind of things, but he's putting a spin on it because he's seen all these movies and he knows that you've probably seen all these movies too. And so... You know, it's it's nice to see someone who appreciates the genre and is like, okay, I know that if you're going to see a 
high school horror, sci-fi, slasher, whatever this movie is described as, you've probably seen already Scream and Halloween and whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm going to mix things up and give you something that you haven't seen before. And I think by loving the genre, by feeling that it's a part of him, I think it seems like at least he's able to do that. So kudos to you, Joseph Kahn. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, speaking to like how, how much is in this movie and how much it, it throws together. One of my, one of my least favorite complaints about a movie is who is this for? Yeah. Like a movie that, you know, is maybe has some horror, seems like it's made for kids, but then there are horror elements and then there's sci-fi and then like, you know, just like all these different things that don't seem to go together and, you know, and maybe do change tone like scene to scene. You know, and I think this overcomes that a little bit, and you can tell it's obvious how intentional it is or how intentionally it's done, but it still has that element of, like, mixing things that don't normally go together that really make me happy. And anytime I see a review that says, who is this movie for, the answer is me. Yeah. <laughs> the movie is <laughs> always for me. <laughs> I want to see different – I want to see scary kids' movies or whatever. And yeah. Yeah. Again, go going back to like I want to see things that I've never seen before that have never been made before. Like for a while, I don't do it anymore, but for a while I was keeping a list on Facebook of like 100 movies I think you should see. And for a while it was like, oh, you know, Jaws is on there and Apocalypse Now and the Godfather movies. And at some point I'm just like, you know, who gives a shit? Like people know that those are good movies. Like I put like mm-hmm. rubber on, like I took like the Godfather off and put rubber on. So I'm like, how many other <laughs> movies are you going to see like a killer tire, right? Like a, a car tire that is the slasher in the movie is a killer tire. Like, that's the only time that movie is ever going to be made. And something like this, it's like, I have never seen this particular combination of whatever, and I think that you should watch it too. And maybe, like, that list of 100 is not for everyone. It's like, some of those are maybe for everybody, but a lot of those are just like, no, they're very specifically not for you, not for everyone, right? So they're maybe Mm. all for Austin, possibly, but, uh, (laughs) you know, most people, it's not, they're not, it's not for them. Yeah, yeah, and I I just, I don't know. I think people are too hard on things. But I guess I, I talked about this with Bratz too, or just like bad movies in general. Like people are hard on things that don't, that are too new or like too fresh. Yep. And, you know, too different from what they're used to. And they think it's bad because of that. And, you know, sometimes maybe it is, but, you know, I I like to appreciate the uniqueness of it. And that's what I really like search for watching movies is something that I haven't seen before. And this is certainly something that I think a lot of people haven't seen before. The tension fits the bill. (laughs) I also do want to say, I meant to say it at the top, but like, Brian, it took you a while, but you finally, the slumber party finally made it to detention. So congratulations. I mean, you, you were there for obviously breakfast club and I'm sure other movies have taken place in detention, but like, this is your fully fledged in detention. So I don't know what you did to get here, but you've been here for 19 years. Do you feel like, You've been here for 19 years, Brian, covering all these movies? Uh, no. Like I said, this it's been a... Sometimes I see the number of movies I've covered, and I'm like, oh my god, I've done that much? I'm like, I've sat down and edited that many episodes? Like, it, yeah. it surprises me. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're going strong, and uh, this is not a promo for High School Slumber Party, because if you're, like, 45 minutes into our detention episode, you probably are a listener already, because, you know, uh, for obvious reasons. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, this movie, a lot of criticisms I read was like, oh, they're hardly in detention for the film. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> um, you know, I know we're bouncing around, but 
I do. Let's talk about that whole detention element that does come later. Uh, why are they put in detention? Oh, because they all might be a, the murderer to something, which is hilarious in itself, right? Like, that's not, you know, that's not a school issue. That's like a police <laughs> issue, but whatever. Um, and I loved loved that scene seeing that kid who'd been in detention that long and just like how they're spinning around and we're seeing all like all the years he's been in detention scratching that desk and and kind of uh that's how we find our ione sloan mystery which i also want to get into quickly Mm -hmm. but that uh that detention scene was awesome so yes the whole movie doesn't take place in detention like the breakfast club but the fact that it's probably named after that scene like, it, it was worth it to me. It wasn't just a throwaway scene. It was a super awesome and important moment in the film. I told you from the start. Took a dump on the windshield of Woodworth's Cadillac. Only got a week. You must be the baddest motherfucker in school. Now, Elliot Fink, you're going to sit here and you're going to think about what you've done. You'll have detention every day until I tell you you're reformed. My school will not be a training ground for budding pornographers. Don't look at me, perv. Can I get a Wi-Fi connection here? Now I'm flashback. Did you go to this school in 1992? Yeah, she'll be 65 next week. It's a surgical wonder. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of payoff in that scene. Absolutely. I think it also establishes that as a high school movie, right? Like it's important mm-hmm. to know that like it's it's that's that's where it takes place. Like you're not going to call a movie detention unless it's like a prison movie or a high school <laughs> movie, right? So Yeah, no, exactly. Um and then, you know, I do like I said want to get into the Sloan Ioni thing because to me it represented another criticism a lot of people I read online had of this film, which is the off criticism which I kind of alluded to just so many references are being thrown in and that could sometimes make it a little dated or just silly little in jokes or just, you know, joke, 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 joke kind of structure. And one of them was that whole, uh, the nineties thing. Like that they said that what the nineties are the new eighties and, um, Ioni's character just keeps rattling off like all that and a bag of chips lines like that. But it's not just, like, to be funny out of nowhere. Like, the whole Freaky Friday element of it, like, shows why. It's, like, it's her mom trapped in her body. I don't know about trapped because, like, it's her choice or whatever. I no, guess it's, it's not. I don't even think it's trapped. She just, they swapped. Yeah. It's just, so the, the actress who plays Ioni also plays, I don't even remember. Is Ioni the daughter or is the mom? But, like, she plays both parts. So she plays, you know, 17-year-old mm version of her mom and she plays the 17 year old version of herself and so they just look identical but the one from 1992 has been te- teleported 2011 and 2011 one got teleported back to 1992 and they're both loving it yeah and there's payoff yeah. to both of it and it makes sense you know it, it's a little bit of like a joke on like n- the nostalgia we have in our culture and how we do seem to pick decades which i've talked about a lot on the show that we like fetish uh for whatever reason at a certain point in our history. But again, I loved it because the fact that they're both 
there wasn't like let's get out of our bodies here the fact that they're both enjoying their time periods to the detriment of like what's going on obviously but it just made so much sense and it made so much sense with like how the characters were behaving and acting so you know to anyone who has that criticism of like and again even if it was the case it, did, it doesn't matter but to anyone who has that criticism of like oh they're just throwing lines like this to be funny like there's also a lot of sense to them and looking back on some of the things she was saying and doing i was like oh shit that's awesome mm. yeah i i think it's great and that they have a, a reason for the 90s reference that makes rational sense and and it is just such a a different idea of like not just body swap but like time travel body swap i mean i guess like kind of going back to high school is maybe peggy sue got married prince she i mean she goes back to her own body but i don't know maybe i'm reaching but <laughs> i don't know it it's uh it's just a weird concept that i've never seen before well i know both joey and i appreciate a peggy sue got married Oh, of course. <laughs> reference on this podcast. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was just so, you know, super cool. Um, and then, okay, so l- let's segue into this. What did you guys just think of the whole craziness of the time travel and like how the bear ends up being a time machine? And I, I, I honestly don't 100% know exactly how everything was working here. And, why there was a time traveling bear in the UFO thing? Was that just an allusion to what would happen later? Who knows? Who cares? Um, I guess. What'd you think of the sci-fi elements and their complicatedness, and if it mattered or, or whatever? Well, I love time travel. I love time travel movies and just the subject of it. And one of my favorite things in time travel movies is when something is referenced throughout the movie, and then it turns out to have been the main characters doing it in the past. You know what I mean? So like it, like it happened on uh, craft country, which I like just finished watching recently. And like it, I just, it gets me so excited (laughs) and just like, it just thrills me. And in this movie, I remembered the part with the, the sex act with the bear. Yeah. But there's this extra layer also of like who took the photograph and just like both of those things combining just like you know gets my i don't know like endorphin rushing is that the right word <laughs> but, but you know like i feel like so excited by it so on a time travel level it was, it was really satisfying and i definitely always appreciate any time travel uh side plots which is also pretty unusual that you know a whole movie isn't about time travel but yeah right I thought it worked so well and you know and they they use you know there are different thoughts on time travel i don't <laughs> don't need to get into it but like they they change the future a little bit you know but it all it still all comes together and it still all made sense and like i think like when we when the movie introduces time travel however it introduces time travel like i i got the sense in my brain that the picture that the main character has over her bed like you know it's it's a good thing that i'm only like the second biggest loser in the history of my high school right because like i'm not at least, at least i'm not as bad as this one who you know like went <laughs> right. down on a bear or whatever and as soon as they introduced the idea of time travel i was like Oh, like that's gonna be her, like cause that's but like, but it doesn't matter because I think like what's Austin saying, like it's the way that it's implemented, it's the way that it's added or told or whatever that it's like, oh yeah, like that's yes, 
okay, that's cool. Like, I, I appreciate that, like, it's aware of itself that it's not like some big reveal. It's like you see the bear there, and you know that it's 1992, and that's the year that she's in. It's like, okay, like, I know it's going to happen, but it's like, how does it happen or whatever? And I think that's – this movie is less about the, like, what than more about the how, I think, and that all works mm. together really well. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, it's that old uh... – TV show added to so used to say, um, you know, two types of detective shows, the whodunit or the how catch em. And this is very much, I mean, it's not that kind of mystery, but this is very much, like you said, about the how rather than the who. Because when we find out that it's Sander, it's, for me, like, not that big of a deal at that point. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I'm glad he dies, but it's like, I wasn't, I, I don't know. I wasn't, like, so enthralled with who was actually wearing the Cinderella getup um, or anything like that. And that's not necessarily a knock on the film. Maybe just because, you know, I just enjoy these general high school stories. I kind of was just more interested in the characters and, like, where they were going rather than necessarily solving this uh, mystery or whatever. Uh, I liked, again, like, the discovery. Like, she goes back in time. When she goes back in time, she's assuming that Clapton is the killer and he's like, no, I'm just trying to like graduate and you know, I'm getting A's in this class when I was getting F's, you know, back in whatever year this was, 2011 or whatever. Um, I I just loved that. And I love how he was even enjoying the nineties in his brief time there. And and Mm -hmm. that just made so much more sense to me for a character like him. We haven't really gotten into like Dane Cook as the principal character here. He also existed back in time and, he was in love with, well, I guess Sloan, I own, you know what I mean. Uh, if you saw the movie, you get it. And um, he ends up, I, I, again, I love that one of the climaxes of the film is just like, he is going to build this bomb that's going to destroy the future in the past. And to stop him, uh, they just have to convince Sloan slash Ioni, whoever it is at that point, to ask him to prom, and she just, like, won't do it. And she ends up doing it just, like, crying, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I I loved that little thing, because it was just just so funny, because, like, it didn't betray the character at all. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, well, also, that's... We've kind of only known that character for, like, two minutes, because that's Ioni, who we actually haven't met up to that point. Yeah, we, see her, we see her very, very briefly in a flashback, right? But we don't yeah. know that we she's We see her different. briefly in a flashback, right. And it's another thing that pays off really well, yep. where her and Riley like used to be best friends, and then all of a sudden, about a month ago, she started going after Clapton. And I love when they're back in 1992, and it's Ioni as Sloan, and she sees Riley and is like, hey, it's my friend. <laughs> you know, and then... Uh, Clapton tries to like kiss her or something and she's like what are you doing <laughs> like and I, I found that really like rewarding and and kind of cool too and and also just a part of like they all are happy where they are and what I also loved about that is that she's willing like, I think that the other version of herself which I guess is the mom oh might not have done would not, it yeah right? would not have done it but because she is so like, she knows that this is her friend and her friend has her best interest. And, like, she wouldn't be saying this if unless it had to be done, right? And so she's, like, mm. willing to go along with it. And then in the end, you know, turns out to be good. I mean, she does give birth to herself somehow, which is the, one of those <laughs> kind of paradoxes that, like, would break a movie. But they they even call it, they're like, does that really make sense? And they're basically like, oh, who cares? Like, it's, just, it's whatever, right? But, yeah. like, 
yeah, like I think the fact that it was that we had in in those very brief, like probably less than fewer than thirty seconds of movie, but that there is so the the pure the friendship was so pure in those flashbacks that it makes the actual eventual outcome of this realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other moments that you wanted to discuss here or talk about? Well, I mean, it ends with an alien invasion. Gord is yeah. an alien. So the UFO stuff that they're hinting at through the movie doesn't really come into play until the very end. Mm-hmm. And then the, the UFO that the bear was on is unrelated, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or just a different thing that happened <laughs> from planet star claw. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Like, it, yeah, I'm not sure. It's a weird thing like that, that, that it doesn't come back because the movie does such a good job of like bringing other things back to the forefront. Like at the beginning of the movie, she gets mugged by that kid in her town. Just like when she's having a no good, very bad oh, day. Right. right. And she gets mm-hmm. mugged for her iPod and he like uses a knife and like cuts her backpack strap. Right. So she like duct tapes it. And at the end of the movie, the only reason she's able to get away is because that same backpack strap, the tape comes undone and she's able to like break free. And so like it's little mm-hmm. details like that that I think are so smart and so effectively paid off that this seemingly unconnected just like a, oh, girl having a bad day gets mugged by just like the neighborhood bully or creep or whatever, right? Like that actually comes back in a meaningful way at the end of the movie. And I just think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really cool. And... I don't know. Let's see. Yeah. The second teen movie or third. I don't know if we want to count the faculty, but that doesn't happen at the end. But like I, we'll, we'll say that the second teen movie um, I've covered in two months that ends with somewhat of an alien invasion. So I thought that was interesting. The other one was the uh, what was it? The Greg Araki film I did. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. Nowhere. Yeah. So it's a recurring thing on High School Slumber Party these days. Surprisingly. I, lo- I love that ending. In nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, that is a bizarre ending. Um, different kind of film, but also a, a different film. So, again, love love this podcast because I love seeing all this different and unique stuff. Uh, yeah, but a hell of an ending. It left me feeling good. If that makes sense, you know. I thought it was. Yeah. A, I thought mm-hmm. it was a fun ending. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned it before. Before we finish the episode, I do want to give credit to Dean Cook because I think that he, after becoming the biggest thing in the comedy world and I don't, even maybe bigger than that like he was a rock star for like 18 months right and then he was still big for a while but like i think his shtick wore off for a lot of people but he is nothing but likable here like i was surprised at how much i liked him in this movie yeah, and he did a really good job mm-hmm. yeah this wasn't the dane cook shtick so i don't know where he was in 2011 like when was that run of his like oh three oh four, i think yeah so I don't know. Again, and I haven't seen too much of him lately, but you know, good for well, Dane Cook. Did, he did waiting, right, like in 05, 06, like almost like at the tail end maybe of the peak of his powers. But yeah, he definitely I mean, shot he just... it when he was like kind of hot. And then when it came out, it was already like the run was almost already over. Well, that's kind of like the Hoobas thing, thing here, right? Yeah, or... yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> or like they were talking a lot, um, you know, Vanilla Ice, because I've been listening to the uh, We Have to Stop Talking TMNT on CBB podcast, which is like a kind of a spinoff podcast from Comedy Bang Bang. But they're talking about how like they cast Vanilla Ice in Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze because he was the hottest thing in the world. And between the time that they cast him and shot his Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go, and the time the movie came out, 
nobody gave a shit anymore. And like, it, it's like the worst thing in the world. Like you cast this person be like, Oh, like kids are going to go see this movie because of him. And by the time it came out, people were like, Oh yeah, we're done with him. Right. So like, it's, I think it's funny to, like, I think the Hoobastang thing works so well because they were effectively like a flash in the pan. Right. Like it just, Oh, that's a really weird band to double down on. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> All right. So let's get to our uh, questions. First question, of course, is the Wooderson Award. Is there a character here you would have liked to seen more of? Uh, I mean, maybe the goth girl. Yeah, I th- I was gonna say her too because I think like the maybe the issue, one of the issues, maybe one of the very few issues that I would have with this movie is there are so many kids in that detention, and I feel like there are a few of them that we just kind of don't know at all, which I think is ultimately okay, mm-hmm. but they're all kind of given equal billing. And in a 90-minute movie, like, you just physically don't have the time or the space or whatever to, like, to tell all those stories. Yeah, I actually wrote her down as well. I agree with you, though, Joey. Like, there's a lot happening here, so it's not like, you know, I don't know where it would have come in. But she just seemed really interesting. Yeah, I mean, she had a, a very striking look. But I think definitely, like, all the other kids in detention who didn't really get a storyline beyond that. You know, I would like to have known a little more about what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I don't, again, the movie's not, like, long or anything. I, I don't know where it would have been placed, but, I mean, credit to them for okay. creating some interesting characters that I still have questions about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Long Duck Dong Award. Is there a character in here who you would delete or omit from the film? Um, you know, there's there's a lot of characters we also didn't talk about, like the fly guy. I forgot his name, but we, we didn't even talk about that entire element, how he just, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of interesting stuff with him. But I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting him, but is there anyone here who you would delete from the film? Uh, no, no, <laughs> not personally. I don't think so, unless we delete people in the way that we were talking about adding more information for, like, the goth girl. Like, if you delete her, then maybe her lack of a presence in the movie isn't as glaring you know what i mean but like i wouldn't get rid of her like i don't think she's problematic and i don't think that we need to get rid of her but if you have fewer like if you have six people in the circle as opposed to like eight or nine right like there might be a little bit more i don't know yeah there's one moment that i felt like a little unsure of where she's like hugging her teacher and then he then we find out that he's gay has a boyfriend and it it seemed a little i I don't know, just like iffy because it was like implying the only reason he doesn't want to sleep with his student is because he's gay. And, you know, he could just be like normal. (laughs) 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 Like a normal teacher who doesn't want to sleep with their students. Yeah, it just felt like an awkward moment to me. And I I guess like ultimately, I mean, not to like delete the gay character, (laughs) but his character doesn't necessarily serve a purpose. Or do anything especially funny. No, and I think, you know, believe it or not, there's been a seismic change from 2011 till now. I don't, it's very rare Mm -hmm. today that you see, like, oh, snap, he was gay the whole time characters, you know? And, uh, yeah. Oh, the one thing, the one, like, rationale for it would be that it kind of fits her, like, always losing category of just, like, of course, the boy I like is gay. Yeah, and not even, like, always losing, but, like, literally cannot win, right? Where it's not even like she has a choice, right? right? It's just, like, no, like, it's, yeah. Yeah, so that's the only rationale I have for it. But I wouldn't be upset if I, I wouldn't miss it, you know? For sure. 
Cameron Fry Award. Did anyone look too old to be a high schooler in this film? No, I don't think so. I don't know. They all kind of felt like within this world, you know, maybe the bully guy, but not really. You know, I don't know. I think that the issue with that is that, like, the bully is playing a characteristic, stereotypical bully, right? And I feel like they're always supposed to be bigger and meaner and a little bit older. And, like, I think they all feel within a a span of a year or two, maybe, right? Like, I think Mm -hmm. that they're all, if they're all, if they're, if they're, if any are too old, maybe they're all too old, but they all feel close enough together that it's not an issue. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Because it's trying to mock these certain things, like the guy, for example, in 3 O'Clock High looks like he's 30. So they do a better job at that. But this is not a movie that's supposed to be based in realism in that kind of way. So it really doesn't matter here. There's also an in-joke about it when they're they're watching Cinderella 3 and oh, then yeah. Cinderella 3. And as they get deeper into the movies, the cast, the high school cast gets older. <laughs> So, so kudos for acknowledging that, like the reason for this question every week. So I totally forgot about that, but you're right. I loved it. That was perfect again, especially if you're a fan of this <laughs> podcast. That, that worked so well. Uh, now, perhaps the most controversial thing, the, the grade, because Rotten Tomatoes, 41% by the critics, 46% by the audience. Not great, but if we round up 50-50, kind of makes sense for the way we said, but who the hell cares about Rotten Tomatoes? We just grade however you want a high school slumber party, but we do use our report card scale of A plus to F. So, uh, Austin, why don't you go first? What grade will you give detention? Uh, I mean, I, I tend to be generous, <laughs> I know, but like certainly as far as like how I feel as the credits roll, you know, it's, it's an A plus. A plus? Like it's a... Yeah, like there's nothing, there's nothing, I would, nothing wrong with it, you know, or I don't know. It's, it's perfect for what it is. And it's perfect in a sense of being like a unique movie. Like what, what am I marking off for? You know, like, why don't they get that plus? <laughs> like, That's fair. You know, so I, maybe I'm too generous, but I, why not A plus? How about you, Godfather? Every time I listen to one of your episodes and I'm like, oh, another another A grade from Brian and the guests. Like it's all like – but I, I realize that you're you're having people on to pick movies that they want to talk about, right? Especially horror movies. They're all picking – people are picking movies that they, that they like, that they want to talk about, that they want to share with you. And so it shouldn't be surprising that they're all A or B grades because they're good movies, right? Or they're movies that are at least personal and that matter to your guest. And then because of that infectious – and I know that you've talked about – whether on the podcast or not, like you kind of tend to agree with the guest one way or the other. Like if somebody comes on here and just like rails against a movie, you're probably likely to like come away liking it less than maybe you did. Um, so when people come on here and they're super passionate about a thing that they love, I think it makes sense for you to love the thing too. And so it shouldn't be surprising, I guess, in retrospect, that there are a lot of A and B grades because people are picking what they want to pick. And I think in that regard, when I was rating this on Letterboxd last night, like I was like, is it a four? Is it a four and a half? Is it a five? But like to what Austin's saying, like, I don't know what I would change. Like, I don't know what I don't like about this. Like, you know, it's, it's, I, I think if you're, if you're nitpicking things, I think you're missing the point of the movie. Right. So I, I, I don't know if I've ever given an A plus, like this is not the best or my favorite movie that I've ever watched on the show, but I, I love it. So 
A, A plus, pick pick a grade. I don't wow. care. Wow. So I originally wrote down B plus, but I'm going to give this an A minus because part of the reason I give things Bs now, Joey, is because you give me shit for giving everything an A. So I'm going to give this an A minus. <laughs> I just, I would like to bring up that Dream to Believe did not get straight A's on this podcast, and it was very <laughs> distressing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Austin, do you want to have a profanity-laced rant uh, about anyone who did not give <laughs> Dream to Believe straight A's? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I, um, <laughs> Unless okay. you want to. Unless you want to. That's up to you. I can't remember. Mike said something when he was grading it. Maybe it was just, maybe he just said, like, I can't give this movie an A after talking about how good it was for yeah. an hour. <laughs> Mike's grades don't always make sense. Like, Mike is just, I feel like he takes it seriously in a way that, like, we shouldn't be taking this seriously. <laughs> but I think he's trying to look at the the, the the grand scale, the broader scope, and being like, yeah. yeah I mean, you know. that's, that's not an excuse for not giving Drew to believe in I it. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, so, so, it sounds yeah, like, Mike, I, like, you, you remember that, like, we did Keanu Reeves' entire filmography on the podcast, and there are two movies that we did not know about that we came away loving. And it was this movie and it was Man of Tai Chi. Like, those are the two that, like, if you know, if you think you know Keanu, but, like, don't really know Keanu, those are the only two that, like, the sleeper hits. Like, those are the best mm-hmm. ones. And so, like, to want to do this, to, like, have Brian get the band back together and then not give it an A, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you said it for me. yeah that makes total sense i love it i love it um oh oh this one i'm looking forward to because i feel like there's a lot of opportunity here i think i'm gonna go with an obvious choice but questions out to the two of you guys what does your detention sleeping bag look like i would do a cinderella sleeping bag something with her from the i guess actual cinderella movies just her figure I actually liked the way that Cinderella looked. I, I was a big fan of that. So, I mean, I can't blame you for that mm-hmm. pick. How about you, Joey? Yeah, I mean, just on that point, like, for a movie that's about a slasher, but not really about a slasher, like, they did a good job. Like, it's about a slasher, but not really. Like, they did such a good job of making the, like, the look iconic. Like, it's similar, I guess, like, Texas Chainsaw, maybe, kind of, a little bit, but, like, not really. Like, it's its own thing, and it's great. And Like, kind of, it's a little yeah. bit of carry, it's a little bit of this, it's a little bit of that, and... Yeah, it's great. And female slasher is still a bit of a rarity. Very yeah. true. Very true. Yeah. I am going to go with... <sighs> I feel like what we were saying before, like there's so many... Like, I think this is a difficult... Like this might be the most difficult question because there's too many choices. Like there's too much visual... Like it's visual overload, like stimulation here to a crazy amount. Um I'm, I the, the thing I can't get out of my mind is just the opening. Like maybe I'll do like what's the band like the Dredges or whatever the poster on her wall. And, like <laughs> the guy who talks to her is Charlie from Lost, Dominic Monaghan. Like he's got a very very brief cameo. Like a Dredges sleeping bag or like just like a bitch sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, just something about that opening scene that is <laughs> so firmly establishes the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's cool too. There's so many options here. Um, do you I want to see mind? you in a bitch sleeping <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It just says bitch. Like, it's it's one of those, like, you know, mom, most outstanding mother. It's like, from, like <laughs> the mom is vertical and these are horizontal. And, like, this is, mm-hmm. like, it's bitch going from top to bottom and then the five descriptions going across. And it's all, like, beautiful and bright colors and just cheerful and whatever. So, yeah. 
So I'm going to go with an obvious choice, I think. One of my choices was going to be potentially a Hoobastank sleeping bag, but Joey, the, your your H in bitch is technically Hoobastank, so I won't take that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm just going to go with like the the bear, like but not the real bear, like the mascot bear is going to be the sleeping bag, if that makes sense. You could just sleep in that. It's super comfortable. I'll go with, I don't know what the bear was called. I don't remember. There were... It was Grizzly. What was the name of the high school? It was the Grizzly Lake Bears, I think. Yes. Lake. The Grizzly Lake Bears, yes. So yeah. I'll just go with a fluffy bear sleeping bag. Uh, bear head part, you know, optional. Yes, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So, again, my favorite question of the week always. The three of us are in a magical blockbuster. Maybe we time traveled there in a, a bear. Who knows? But we're in this magical blockbuster, and we know we're renting detention. But I say, Joey, Austin, look at that sign up at the counter. It says, rent two movies, get one free. Go to the back. Each of you get one pick. Pick a movie, bring it to the front, and we'll watch all three tonight for our slumber party. What movie are each of you picking? Austin, I'll let you go first, because I don't know where I'm going with this. I take triple features very seriously. (laughs) Uh, And this was... This was when I was trying to program into a triple feature for a while and like couldn't do it. Uh, but watching it again, I did come up with multiple answers, as I did with Pratt's. So uh, if you'll let me, I'll, I'll indulge. Let's hear them all. <laughs> okay, Joey. That means uh, you got to bring two to the table. So think of two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the first would be a reference triple feature. I would watch it with Roadhouse and The Fly. Okay. Nice, nice. And the, the 80s Cronenberg, The Fly. Okay, so then I would do, I would match it with two movies from 1992. Ooh. And this one, I've never actually seen it, but they, they mention it in the movie. And it's about time travel and mind swapping is the movie Free Jack from 92. Mm, okay. So I haven't seen it. Can't confirm, you know, if it works, but I mean... That's the point of running, you know, see if, point, <laughs> see if it's good. good. <laughs> and then the other 1992 movie, I would go with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nice. This is a solid comedy horror 92 choice. And then I guess I can skip this. Okay, well, okay. no, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But this would be just focusing on the body swap or mind swap, rather. So this is like unconventional mind swap films. Um, and the first is Deadly Friend, which is one of my favorite movies of all time and is my like go-to example of movies that people don't like because they don't know who it's for. And it's so much for me because <laughs> it's a really misunderstood film um, that is so good and so heartwarming <laughs> and violent and weird and it's horror and sci-fi and everything i want in a movie so that would be the first one and the second would be between worlds hmm. the nicholas cage uh, movie the nicholas cage movie wow. that i, I have it. a huge a huge champion of that has some of the weirdest like mind swap stuff i've ever seen wow i'm down for it uh, okay so then my like most practical triple feature or the one that i like you know feel the most is the most like appropriate i guess uh so one is a movie i i just saw it 
like three nights ago, so it's very fresh in my head. So maybe that's why I'm thinking of is this movie Cherry Falls. Um, have you covered it by any chance? No. So it's from 2000, and it's a slasher starring Brittany Murphy. What I was struck by watching it is it definitely is a movie that works better as a high school movie that's driven by slasher circumstances than it does if you watch it as a slasher movie that's in high school. You know what I mean? Yeah, actually, like it, I don't know why. I was looking up this movie today. It's so weird that you mention it. I think uh, it might have been recommended after I watched Attention, so that makes sense. But sorry, continue. Yeah, well, that's great. But it's, and it's also like funny in a way that I did not expect. So, and it's like, everyone says it's like a post-Scream movie. And I, I mean, that's, that's true. But like, I, I saw it as its own thing. And it's, it's very different. And the concept is it's a slasher who's killing teenage virgins. You know, that it's like subverting the trope of like, if you have sex, you die. Ah. So it's a really funny, like satirical concept. And I, I just really, really liked it. And I think it would fit pretty well with attention. And then the third choice, uh, step away from horror a little. And I'm going to go with Bratz, the movie. <laughs> nice. I think is is perfect. I mean, yeah. awesome. We were saying before you came on here that like it's kind of amazing how similar in sort of style and tone and aesthetics these movies are. Like it was an unintentional, well-made double feature, so... You know. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> so those are my my four options. <laughs> Ryan, I, I cannot wait to see how you uh, put this on social media. Well, I like just, it. last time I just put them all up, you know? <laughs> so. And, I mean, I don't know if you prepared, Brian, but I would like answers from you as well. Oh, okay, okay. I, I do have some answers, so... Uh... Okay. Joey, I assume you just have two picks. Well, I, I mean, I was, I, I just had a lot of time to think there, but I think one obvious one that I think would be, it's either like a win across the board or no one's going to enjoy any of it. But I think a Joseph Kahn triple feature of body mm. detention and torque would be great. I could also do what I was thinking is a, a movie of my misunderstood, like my favorite misunderstood movies, Ooh. like detention and Jupiter ascending. And then, Ooh, like, boy, like there's a lot of movies that I think I, I I love that, you know, maybe people don't love, but maybe like a movie like Only God Forgives, which is not at all aesthetically or like stylistically or anything similar to these others. But like people hate that movie. And I the second time I saw it, I'm like, oh, no, I love this movie. I don't know. Like I feel like this is probably an underrated, underseen gem of a movie in detention. And I feel like finding other movies that people would ostensibly like in that regard would kind of be cool. So either Joseph Contrable feature or just like some of my favorite movies that seemingly I love that nobody else loves. So, or we could do like a Jupiter sending spring breakers or assassination nation or something, right? Like all sorts of things that we have covered, you know, some things that we've covered on here and yeah, I don't know. Lots of options. Somehow I'll organize that into something, Joey, but <laughs> thank you. Oh yeah. No, I'm not. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Austin gave you nine movies. I gave you like four. So just figure it out. Just pick, pick a, <laughs> Pick a thing from here, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Also, as essential pre-show is the toxic video. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I would have that slumber party. We watch this, and then we watch all this guy's videos. Like, that would be cool. 
Like, mm-hmm. or like, maybe not all. Well, yeah, fuck it. Let's watch all of them till we fall asleep. <laughs> all 150 or whatever. <laughs> that sounds fun. Um, no, but I'm going to go with a bear trilogy. I'm going to go with this film, The Reverend and Paddington 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay. I mean, I could go with that. That's so bad. Uh, you got to go what, with this. You got to go with Grizzly Man. And you got to go with uh... Mickey and the Bear. Oh, boy. If you're ready for yeah, depression, I... who boy? <laughs> Mickey and the Bear. I almost thought of that. I don't know Mickey and the Bear, but yeah, I was going to maybe do Grizzly and something else <laughs> with a bear. I looked up. Uh, there's but... no bear in Mickey and the Bear. The bear is her alcoholic father. So, uh, <laughs> metaphorical bear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, hey, but it's still it's still in the title. Uh um, wow, this is a gem of a film. Sorry, I just like searched bear movies. Has anyone <laughs> ever watched The Clan of the Cave Bear? No. Uh-uh. I I have never seen it either, but it's a 1986 film starring Daryl Hannah. Uh, a young Cro-Magnum woman named Isla is separated from her family and orphaned during an earthquake. I'm so intrigued. Look look up <gasps> the, this poster. It's like, what? How have I never seen this movie? Yeah. It's called what again? Uh, the Clan of the Cave Bear. The Clan of the Cave Bear. Yeah, I know I know the poster. Um, I've always meant to see it. Oh, wow. That's, that's cool. I mean, you know, she's beautiful and just make it weird and exotic and uh striking and yeah i'm on board yeah i mean you know i don't think it's a high school movie but who knows um, <laughs> it might be mm-hmm. you never know there might be a there might be a high school class that goes back in time and I, i'm inventing things now but yeah <laughs> we have enough recommendations for many 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 slumber parties for you guys out there so hope you'll take one of them and do it um that's appreciate someone asked me uh, like oh I, I notice you post these movie recommendations. Do you actually watch them yourself? And the answer is no, people. I do not then subsequently have a slumber party with myself and watch. Brian, have you watched Miracle Mile yet? <laughs> Miracle Oh, I forgot. That was the one you asked me and Kate to watch, right? Yeah, and Kate watched it that day. Austin, have you seen Miracle Mile? I haven't. I, I'll watch I it, I promise. You watch Miracle Mile. Like That's my recommendation to you, Austin. It's, just, <laughs> it's unlike any other movie that I've seen in a while. Like It just blew me away, so... From like 86 or something, yeah, Miracle Mile. That'll be another one we do. Random recommendations uh, will be Miracle Mile and The Clan of the Cave Bear. Cool. (laughs) Well, guys, this was, again, an absolute pleasure. Love having both of you on. And now together, and I'm happy you could bury the Bratchet. So uh, where can people follow you, find you, or anything else you'd like to discuss? I know Letterboxd was discussed a lot here, so that's probably one place. Yeah, number one Bratz fan on Letterboxd. (laughs) (laughs) Or just Wolf Southern on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, this is, I mean, I don't know if this is like a, a plug, but if you're in New York and you go to the Queens Drive-In the last week of October, uh, they're doing double features all week. And in between the movies, they're showing some video trivia. And I wrote I wrote the questions. Oh, cool. So, you know, I don't get anything from it. <laughs> like, or it's not, you can't tell them at the at the door that you're there for the trivia and I get a percentage. <laughs> tell them Austin <laughs> sent you. Tell them anyway. Tell them I'm here for the trivia and they'll say, oh, cool. And then <laughs> that'll be the end of it. But, uh, yeah, that's just that's a cool thing that I, I did with my friend Sarah did the, the editing. So that's it. Yeah, letterbox. Oh, Venmo. You can always find me on Venmo. And send me <laughs> I sent you a dollar once, I think, right? So, yeah. You did send me a dollar once. <laughs> yeah. I'm at Soul Popped everywhere on the internet, including Twitter and Letterboxd, and just listen to Too Fast, Too Forever every Tuesday and Friday. Austin was on once. Brian was on a bunch. 
very fun Fast and Furious movies, but also not Fast and Furious movies. We're covering this lap movies about memory loss and Michelle Rodriguez movies as well. So not just Fast and Furious. Lots going on there. Every Tuesday and Friday, new episodes of Too Fast, Too Forever. Anywhere you get this podcast, you can get that one as well. And listen to the uh, Torque episode eventually on Too Fast, Too Forever. Of course, yeah. Modern Car Lap may be coming up next year. Hint, hint, wink, wink. When they do their parody lap, I should say. <laughs> that, that's It's happening. It's happening. You're... What else would be in the parody Oh, lap? you don't want to know, Austin. I have the list. You don't want to know. That's why Joey doesn't want to do course it. Of course it's, it's not. It's I not... do want to know. <laughs> I don't know why you don't want to do it, Joey, but whatever. I'm going to start a GoFundMe. What are car parody movies? There's no car There's movie, Red like... Line. There's a bad Red Line. There's Super Fast. There's there's a bunch of things. There's like a lot of like low-budget uh... Fast and Furious like knockoff stuff that I would just oh, love okay. to subject uh, the two Joes to. <laughs> yeah. There's one. It might be Super Fast. I don't know. But there's one I really need to see because the Insane Clown Posse are in it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, very, very cool. But... Yeah, it's one of those like low-budget Fast and Furious knockoffs. <laughs> I'm going to start a Patreon for this show that all the money is going to go to buying a lap on that show. <laughs> <laughs> Pay me money to give Joey and Joe money. <laughs> exactly. To make their lives miserable. <laughs> well, guys, again, this is an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much. And, uh, you know, can't wait to do it again. Yeah, same. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, so big thank you to Austin and Joey for burying that bratchet, coming together and enjoying a movie together here, Detention on High School Slumber Party. And yes, I know I didn't play up the detention theme today, but I didn't feel like it was in good taste. I didn't feel like it was in the season. I like you guys. Things have been going well on the slumber party side of things. Plus, if you want to hear a detention-themed episode, listen to our second episode of our Breakfast Club series with Cara Gale O'Regan. We made that a whole detention theme. So, yeah, that's an early one, but it's a good one. Check that out in the archive at cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. <clears throat> wow, almost lost my voice there. It just, I've been slumber partying all night, you know. Sometimes you get tired and it's that time of the night where you just want to curl up in that sleeping bag. Hit the hay. But no, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's the weekend, but you still have homework. And I got to assign it to you. And your homework, though, is a fun assignment. I promise you that. I don't know why I did it in that accent. Maybe I do. But <laughs> we're going to be talking a vampire movie on Monday. It's not Twilight again. No, it is The Lost Boys. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. Pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. So where are you? The fine nun! I'm your brother, Sammy. Help me! Stay back! Stay back! What's happening to me, Star? Get yourself a good, sharp stick. Drive right through his heart. You're a vampire, Michael. My own brother, a damn blood-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. What a vampire.
vampire bites it, it's never a pretty sight. I'll tell you what, I've already watched The Lost Boys, I've already done my homework, I guess my class prep, whatever, and I cannot stop thinking about this movie. Is it cheesy? Yes, it's cheesy, but that's what makes it glorious. I highly, highly, highly press on you to do your assignment this weekend because, oh my god, The Lost Boys, we're going to talk all about it. We're going to talk The Sax Man. We're going to talk Kiefer Sutherland. We're going to talk The Corys. It's going to be awesome. And my guests on Monday will be all the way from Australia, Shawnee Mead, and of course, the horror consultant for Mike Manzi, but friend of the program now, a guest a couple times now, Dan Cologne will be here as well, and both of them are going to break down the Lost Boys with me, and oh my god, I'm so excited, I can't wait, and on that note, as you can see, I'm losing my voice again. And I'm getting really tired. So we just got to hop into our sleeping bags. And I want to remind you of something. That life moves pretty fast. And if you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. And ah, there was so much to choose from, from detention. There's a music video, director's film, so a lot of music in here. But there's a very impactful scene where this song plays and it's Hanson, and it's Umbop, and I want to leave you on a good note, a nice good note from some nice good boys from Oklahoma, I think. <laughs> so, later dudes, enjoy this Hanson track. It's over. Go home. Go.